to dig a naturally supernatural. And I've been waiting for this. I am excited for this. Oh, I want more. When he says we can do greater things than he did, I'm like, I want to be that. Sometimes it seems like we have mini Jesus. I want to be full on Jesus because I've got the Holy Spirit inside of me. So I hope that we will stir up a hunger in each other to press in for more because sometimes we just get satisfied. I want to see a new season of pressing in and believing God for more than we've done before and see God manifest in new and amazing ways. And one of those things is impressions. You know that moment where a thought drops in your head and you think, is it God or is it not God? Or either you push it away or you follow it. And sometimes those small moments has huge impacts in people's life. Saturday morning, a few weeks ago, I woke up and there's just something wrong with my body um, that really worried me and concerned me. And I had lots of questions and fear and I was out of my mind. I rushed to the clinic. While I was at the clinic, Melissa chooses to drop in with a cake and a card that says, hey guys, just because you're great and I, we love you, we're praying for you. Right at that moment. She had had the entire week to bring me a cake, but she brought it exactly when I was at the clinic. And to me, that became such a testimony of, God, you're really with me. It's in your hand. You care for me. You're bigger than my concerns and my worries. Timely impressions. Small moments, big impact. Follow on Facebook. We're going to share these testimonies on Facebook of the small moments that has great impact. And if you have such a testimony... We would love to hear from you. We would love to. Because I think testimonies are really part of the supernatural. It stirs our hunger for more when we hear and see what God is doing in other people's lives. Amen? This morning, I'm speaking on hearing the voice of the Father. The supernatural is always birthed out of a revelation of the Father. When I look around revival places around the world, it always comes with capturing the Father's heart, the Father's love, and wanting to give that away. It starts with the Father and a revelation of Him, and that's what we want to dwell on this morning. Jesus said the Son can do nothing by Himself. He does only what He sees the Father's doing. Jesus was totally limited. I only do what I see. I want to be like that. I want to see so I know what to do. I want to capture the heart of the Father so that I can bring the heart of the Father into a broken world. Because that's what the supernatural is about. The supernatural becomes unhealthy if it's about me performing miracles to build myself a name. Or I am the big prophet and I prophesy in the name of Jesus. If I don't have the heart of the Father... It becomes unhealthy because the supernatural is always about bringing the love of the Father into broken people, broken situations. Whatever comes up, that's where the power of God is released. This morning, I'm taking a slightly different approach and I'm allowing you into my private life once again. This is my journal. It is almost full. It's a few years old. It's probably the most precious things, thing I have. You know, if my house was burning, it would probably be this one I would grab. Um, and it begins some years back with some real revelation of who God is as a father and some inner healing. So during my sermon today, I want to read to you some of my journaling, some of what God has spoken to me. 
And I'm not saying, thus says the Lord, you judge that for yourself. This is me and God. And if you think he's not speaking perfectly English, it's because it's in Danish. The translation were mine, okay? But I want to share that as we go on. And I've got 20 notebooks. It's not enough, but 20. So if you say, I need a journal, and I don't have any, because I'm going to challenge you today to start journaling. So after the service, there's 20 up here if you're eager to journal more with God. All right, so let's get started. Henry Madawa, a Zimbabwean pastor in Ukraine, he says the supernatural starts with walking with God. When you walk with God, he gives you surprises without you doing anything. The supernatural starts with walking with God. And when you walk with God, he will give you surprises. And all I can say amen to that. Once you're in that walk with God, he... It becomes naturally supernatural. So that's where we start. Another revival leader I admire is Kel Arnott. She's from the Toronto revival in the 90s and still pastoring there. She says, the battle is not against the enemy or yourself. The battle you're going to fight is for intimacy. The warfare is not so much about the enemy. The real battle is our intimacy with our Father. As I was journaling this, this was what I felt God was saying. He said, fight the battle for intimacy. This is where you should put your focus, your creativity and your organizational skills to bring intimacy and love back to my church. That's what we do this morning. So my message this morning is about intimacy. It's about knowing him more and knowing him deeper. And you know what? We know that journey never ends. Just singing this morning, you're a good, good father. You're calling me deeper and deeper and deeper. That's our God. And that's my prayer this morning, that he will call you deeper and deeper. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we open our hearts and our lives to you this morning. And we pray that you will come and touch us. That you will take us deeper. That you will open the eyes of our spirit to see you so that we know what to do for you. I pray that we will know that walking with you is the beginning of the supernatural. And today, Father, bring us closer. Bring us closer. Restore relationships this morning, Father. That's our prayer. Amen. Galatians 4, verse 6, from the Passion Translation, said, God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts moving us to cry intimately, my father, you are true father. Other translation says, Abba Father. To me, this is one of the greatest miracles that has ever happened, that God released the spirit of sonship. We were orphans. We were far from God. We longed to belong. And here he comes and said, I'm going to give you my spirit of sonship. No man can do that himself. It takes a revelation from the Father to have the spirit of sonship inside of us that cries out, Daddy, Papa, Abba, Father, I am yours and you're mine, and no matter what I do, you love me, you love me, you love me. He is so good. I want to take you through one of my visions. Um, it, it goes some years back, and I had just previously had some years of very heavily depression, and saying no to life. God gives us a choice every day. Do you choose life or do you choose death? Depression often chooses death. 
And this was a time for God to bring me back to a yes, to bring me back to life. Um, so I was taken into deep things, first shown a place where I thought it would, the pain would be just to realize there was no more pain. I saw like the empty tomb and the bed sheets were nicely folded and God said, it is done, there's no more here. And then he took me into a beautiful meadow and said, walk out here. And that was for me stepping from death and back to life. And I was with Jesus, we were on the beach. I don't want to give you the full details here, but I was just playing around in the sand with Jesus. Such a joy, such a laughter. And then appeared the grand ocean, the Father's love. It was more vast than anything I had ever seen before. It surrounded me, embraced me, overwhelmed me. Everything was just captured by his love. I was this tiny little thing in the big ocean of the Father's love. And you think you would drown. You think that would be a scary picture. But in the Father's ocean of love, no one drowns. There is perfect peace. There is perfect love. I've never seen anything like it. There was no panics, only love washes out fear on the Father's ocean of love. And I finally felt the courage to say yes to being his daughter again. And then he spoke to me. He said, if you want to surf, the waves are here. I like activity. I'm a mover. <laughs> Things need to happen. So the surfing and waves is my language of being who I am. And... Uh, And I later found myself surfing with Jesus and having lots of fun. And Jesus said to me, people who like to surf should be given space to surf. There's so many activities on the Father's ocean of love. It is never boring to be in the ocean of the Father's love. And he says, if you desire stillness, the water becomes quiet. And if you, after a long day in the sun and the sand and the water, become quiet, there's a hammock over there and you can rest. And then he asked me again, like he had done before, do you dare? The question was, do you dare again to say yes to life? Yes, I did. If this is life, if this is life with God and moving with God, then this Abba Father, I am ready. The water here is not salty, he said, but it's life-giving. Drink deep of the Father's love and it will strengthen your body, mind, soul, and spirit. That was part of my vision. I often return to that. Oh, and then he said to me, with my love as the ocean, continents seem so small. I feel God has called me to Africa. And sometimes that seems like a big thing. But in the Father's ocean of love, continents become so small. And then studying or reading a bit about the oceans. Did you know that the oceans are the most undiscovered places on earth? For all that we rely on the ocean, more than 80% of this underwater realm is undiscovered. And I was asking myself, is that a prophetic picture? 
of our understanding of the Father's love. 80% is undiscovered, unknown, and there's so much more to, for us to press into. Amen. So I don't know where you are with your Heavenly Father today. And for some of you, you say, yes, I know this, I'm all in it, and for others, you're on a journey. But I believe we can always grow closer and get to know him more. So we're going to talk about four keys to hearing from God. Four keys to hearing from God. Um, that's probably the practice that has filled out most of my journal. Um, it was first presented to me by a guy called Mark Werkler. If you want to study it more, Mark Werkler is a brilliant teacher and has developed some amazing teachings on this and with really seeing breakthrough in people hearing God's voice. I'm going to take us through four keys, four steps to hearing from God, and then we're all going to sit and hear from him after. Doesn't that sound interesting? And maybe you think, oh, oh I've never done this. It's safe. It's going to be good. Father loves to speak to us. Uh, we're turning to Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. It says, I will take my stand at my watch post, and I will station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, write the vision. First point in hearing from God is to be still. You can underline in the scripture where it says, I station myself, I prepare my heart, I station myself to hear from God by being still. So first one is to be still. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. It's one of my favorite. It's very short. Be still and know that I am God. We could say today, be still and know how much I love you. The message version says, step out of the traffic. Take a long loving look at me, your high God. Take a step out of the traffic. Relax. Actually, stress hinders us in hearing from God. The walls of stress are so powerful. We need to come to a place where we can be still in order to hear from God. And you know, there's so many voices in the world, right? How often does this one go off in the day? Oh, my Oh, there's a friend there, and I need to see, oh, there's some more, more beautiful than me, and maybe this and this. and We get so many input all day long. And I think more than ever before do we follow the message that says, step out of the traffic. There's something called airplane mode, or turn off. You need that to hear from God. Because as, soon as, as long as all those voices are in the world, you won't be able to hear from your Father. And then find a place. Find a hiding place. Maybe you have a place in your garden. Maybe it's in your room. Maybe it's as you're walking somewhere. Maybe you know a place under this tree. In the previous place where we lived, I had no room to hide in. I ended up taking an armchair into the bathroom. My bathroom was my hiding place. And there I could close the door and be with Jesus. But there needs to be that space of quietness. I'm leaving all my cares for later. If you are one that is really busy or 
thinks a lot. I think a lot about all sorts of things. Sometimes I have a piece of paper next to my Bible, and I'll just take notes. <gasps> Remember to call Lena. Okay, so I don't need to think about it. I can just write it here and say, it's out again. So it doesn't stay in my mind, because otherwise, oh, I need to call Lena. I need to call Lena. So that can be a way of pushing it away. But we need to find ways of being still. For me, it's also making a cup of coffee. I like to have coffee with Jesus. I think that's one of the best things, coffee with Jesus on my veranda. Whatever it is that you enjoy, do it with him. And actually, sometimes it can be doing activities. Because when we do activities that makes us relax, and we do them with Jesus, he speaks. One, I had a, one once said, God is much more relaxed than the church thinks. You know that? He is much more relaxed than the church thinks. So you, we can take God with us where we want to. And what is good for me, he will come into my space and breathe into that. So it's our job to find a place or a way to be still. I know sometimes I'm offering Samson a lift and he said, no, thank you, I prefer walking. And I think it's because he has found a space with God when he's walking. When I was asking Jesus in my journal, what are your thoughts concerning stillness? He says, stillness is my breath. My spirit breathes deep peace, complete stillness. My stillness is a spring of life. It requires stillness to tune into the river of my love. So sit still and let me fill you, flow through you. I long for deep intimacy with you, to have you on my lap where you can hear my heartbeat. Allow me to be your father, your perfect father. Allow me to love even the parts of you that you don't love yourself. And allow me to love you in times of transition and give you everything you need to proceed. That was what I heard about stillness. Number two, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. We find that in Habakkuk. He says, look out to see what he will say. So you can underline, look out to see. And then we write, look to Jesus. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2 says, Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. The exercise here in focusing, look, in looking to Jesus is taking our eyes off the earthly things, off everything that goes on, and then look to Jesus. And I love what Habakkuk says. He says, look to here. Look out. Sorry, am I quoting it wrong? Look out to see what he will say. That doesn't make sense, eh? Look out to see what he will say. So there's something about hearing from God that is not just connected to hearing, but really to seeing. We've got spiritual eyes and ears, and they are important in hearing and seeing from God. Because the reality is that the voice of God, the voice of the Father, very rarely is an audible voice. It might have happened to a few of you, but statistically, it doesn't happen very often. Most often, it's inside. It's a still, small voice. Or it's that impression, or that thought, or that picture. 
And I think often we think, oh, that was just myself, because it comes so naturally, so easily. I think you hear God more than you realize. But it just comes in ways that we might not always see. So we need to look out to hear what he will say. So how do I fix my eyes on Jesus? How do I focus on him? When I teach this with children, we talk about the image center. God has given us an image center. And then I'll ask them to imagine a, a, a chicken. And all of them will have a chicken in their minds or a lollipop. And once they got the pictures, I say, that's your image center. That's the same place as God is speaking. It's also our imagination. They are very closely connected. But that's where we see from God. Uh, Mark Verkler, he would say, picture yourself with Jesus. And I think that's a powerful method. I don't use it that often myself. But for many people, closing your eyes and imagine yourself somewhere with Jesus can sometimes be the best way to hear from him. Maybe and a place that you enjoy. Like I come from a country with the ocean, so I will be walking around the beach because that to me is really peaceful. Maybe for you it's under the mango tree or by the stream or I don't know where you prefer to be in your imagination. And then just imagine it's just you and Jesus. He's smiling. He loves you. He's not boring Jesus. He's just offering Jesus. And from there you said, Jesus, speak. As you got that vision going, let him speak into it. And yes, it's his imagination, but God takes over from there. And I believe he gave us the imagination. I think sometimes we shut down pictures because of this, but we take the imagination and he takes it from there. It can also be to use a Bible story. Put yourself into the story with Jesus. Tell me what this was about, Jesus. Or maybe it's a scripture that leads you into a picture of where you and Jesus are walking together, listening to something together. So looking to Jesus can be having a picture inside your mind that Jesus takes over. Music for me helps me. Putting on soaking quiet music always helps me to tune more into God and to look to Jesus. Um, and just generally reading my Bible that that becomes a good platform of launching into to seeing and being with Jesus. When I asked him, Lord, how important is it to use the eyes of my heart? This is what I sensed. He said, seeing is believing. You will find that every picture in nature speaks of me. The desert becomes a picture of how I bring life in the midst of hardship. The flower, a picture of the importance of living in the light and the sunshine of my love. Seeing helps you stay on course. And I am still the God who opens blind eyes. God will heal blind eyes today. Blind spiritual eyes, we believe they're going to be open today to see from God. Because sometimes we have shut them down. I have met people, a number of people, they've had something, a picture, or they said to God, never more, never again show me anything, or they felt their imagination have been misused, and they just put it aside. Maybe this morning is the morning to say, God, heal my broken eyes. Let me see again. He also said to me, you see from earth's perspective, but to see from heaven's perspective will fill you with expectation. So train your eyes to see in the heavenly realm. The heavenly realm is as real as the natural. So we need to train our eyes to see in that. 
So be still, look to Jesus, and trust your Father. Trust your Father. Habakkuk says, look out to see what he will say. You can underline he, because here we are talking about the nature of the one who speaks. It is not just someone, it is Abba, Father. Jesus taught on this, and I think it comes out of the same, can we really trust him? So in Luke 11, verse 11 to 13, it says, let me ask you this. Do you know of any father who could give his son a snake on a plate when he asked for a serving of fish? Of course not. Do you know of any father who would give his daughter a spider when she asked for an egg? Of course not. If imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect heavenly father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when his children ask? When we ask the father for good, solid food, when we ask for the fish, when we ask something that will nourish our spirit and our soul, is he going to give us a spider or a snake? I think they're good pictures of the demonic, demonic, aren't they? A snake stands for the demonic. And some of us have been afraid, if I start opening my heart up to hear from God, maybe the demons will come in. Hmm? We need to trust that our Father, he's good. And when we ask for fish, he's not giving us snake. When we ask for egg, he's not giving us spider. That's the nature of who he is. He wants to give us good. And I think trust also implies childlike faith. And in this one, I feel like you are never sure. Maybe you are. I am not at that point yet where I'm sure this is from God. It is always like, mm, maybe, could it be myself? And I think there's that childlike faith in saying, I trust, Father, that this is from you. And I walk on it. And I try to live by the principle that whatever I hear, I act upon. Because it's the only way of testing it out. And I believe the more you hear and the more you act, the more accurate we become. Of course, unless it's, if it's harmful, I don't go ahead. I, but hearing from God is most likely words of encouragement and speaking his love and acting upon them. We need to trust him. We need to trust that he is good and he will speak good into our spirits. But I do want to make a side note. We won't have time in this series to go through it in deeper. But what do you feed your spirit? If your spirit is fed with horror movies violence, wrong games, books that are not helpful, friends that are unhelpful, that affects your life. We need to make sure that we feed our spirits solid food. That's what comes out of us. But we trust our Father. So we'll be still, look to Jesus, trust the Father, and the fourth one is write the vision. That was what Habakkuk was told. He answered, he said, write the vision. Whatever God speaks to us, we write it down. 
I remember having words from God thinking, they are so strong, I will never forget this word. You know what, the human brain, it forgets. Even the strongest words from God, they seem to disappear over time. So don't trust your human brain for remembering. That's why we write it down. But there are other good reasons for writing it down. That means you can test it. Because when we start hearing from God and trusting our Father, it's important that we can go full on in trusting and just listening and listening. If we, in the listening process, says, is this from God? Is this from God? Does that, we don't get the flow. Do you get that? So I like to hear everything that is on the Father's heart, writing it down, and then I can take it from Scripture. Is this in line with the Bible? Is this in the nature of who God is? Do my spirit confirm that this is from God? That happens after. I think so often, you know, we start hearing from God and I, oh, these are my own thoughts, and we just push them away. If we can trust that Father is speaking and we don't worry about whether it is really from Him or not, we just receive them and receive them, and by then writing them down afterwards, we can say, was this from God? I've found that most of my journalings, I believe, are from God. It is, there might have been a few things, but really, I think we hear more accurate than we think. I think this is not difficult. I think it's very easy. And I know I'm provoking somebody now, but that's actually what I believe, because our Father wants to speak to us. There's also another element of writing it down. You can share it with someone, or, or a few. I want to challenge you this morning, what we're going to do today, go home and do it every day at home. And then when there's some, you don't need to share everything, but once in a while share it with someone who's maybe further in the faith, just to say, Sylvester, do you believe this is from God? And when Sylvester looks and says, mm, yeah, I think this is God, it confirms me in, okay, I'm on the right track. It could also be, he says, mm, this one, I'm not sure, okay. pray into it again. But writing it down, we can analyze later and we can ask people we trust to help us confirm whether we are on the right track in hearing from God. Are we good? Be still, look to Jesus. Huh? Trust the Father and write the vision. That's what we're going to do now. Thank you for this morning. Good to see all of you. We hope to see you again next Sunday for Mother's Sunday.